Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Howdy, all. Um, Ak will be here in a few moments. But before uh, he comes on, we're going to talk about, uh, well, Tivana, apparently. Right, Russ? Yes. I was in the, I was out there getting my Tivana today. And I don't go very often, but once in a while because they have some nice flavors. And even though I home brew, I like to get some different flavors. And I went and got my tea and, and as they were going to make it in this fancy machine, which I don't have at home, I have like a Mr. Coffee tea maker actually, which right. is kind of interesting. It's made for brewed tea, right? It's probably the same machine. But anyhow, my mom bought it for me, so I, I like it. Anyhow, <laughs> I said, hey, by the way, no sugar. And, and that was like everything in that place. The music stopped. Everything came to a halt. And she just looked at me and – and instead of going like hum the hum the like Ralph Cramden, I was like, well, I know I tasted it on the counter and you had sugar in it and it was good, but I believe this tea will taste good without sugar. And it does. It tastes great. And it's just a little lesson. Like you don't have to put copious amounts of sugar in everything. I like sugar as much as the next guy, but I don't need it in everything. Well, Tiavana is that, that kind of, I mean, they're very health conscious, lots of green teas and stuff yeah. like that. So you would think that they'd be prepared for somebody who didn't want sugar in the tea. No, man, they want to dump the sugar in it. You know, they want, I guess they feel like I'll come back if I have sugar in it. And the reason I come back is they have good flavors. That's, I look for their occasional flavors that I can't get anywhere else. Well, at the opposite end of the spectrum here, Russ, last night I finally succumbed to something that you said you got last week because I was dying after you said you got a shamrock shake to get a shamrock shake. And the thing was, I haven't had a shake from McDonald's in years. So when you mentioned it, I said, okay, I got to get it. I go there and it's like friggin' Starbucks now. They put the whipped cream on top of the sweetest friggin' shake that you could ever have in your life. You don't I don't have going, to get it, Mike. You could say no whipped cream. Well, I didn't, I didn't even know. They just put it on automatically. Like, I, I, could, I was going through diabetic convulsions in my car I'm um, eating this thing. It's like, it, was, it was ridiculous. I, I'll tell you one thing they added that was good. The green sparkles is a, is a nice touch. They, you know, when Mayor McCheese invented the uh, Shamrock Shake, I don't think he envisioned uh, green sparkles. feel like you want to pump it anytime, Peter. You can. Uh, I know they serve them in Canada. And, um, <laughs> but, but the other thing about it is, did you notice they had them in other flavors? They mixed in like chocolate and vanilla. I drew the line there. I'm like, no, I just want my green shamrock shake. I know it's cream de mint and, and vanilla, and I'm good with that, and I'm going to keep it that way. Shamrock shakes are right of passage. If you haven't had one, you, you're just missing out. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, have, to, I have to say, because I, 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 I sort of heard about this thing that had happened on Super Bowl Sunday but I didn't think it was actually going to come to fruition. Apparently, Eugenie Bouchard, the very attractive tennis player, uh, formerly in the top ten, but I think she, yeah, you know, I don't think it's an insult to say that she's go. It's it's she's starting to go the way of Anna Kornikova, where her attractive qualities are overriding her abilities as a tennis player. Well, hold on, she's not Anna Kornikova yet until she dates two hockey players at the same time. 
<laughs> who are on the same line, and and apparently, and apparently, apparently, Peter, she was married to one of them because uh, secretly, yes, yeah. See, Sergey Fedorov said that uh, that he that yeah, he was married to her for a time. Well, anyway, uh, apparently, Jeannie Bouchard went on Twitter during the Super Bowl around halftime when it was twenty-eight nothing Atlanta, and she said, "I knew New England was going to lose." And some guy said, "I'll bet you know, like I'll bet you that New England comes back and wins this game. And if they do, you have to go out on a date with me." And she said, "Sure," not thinking that it was actually going to happen. And then, of course, the Patriots came back and won the game. And to her credit, to her credit, she went out on the date with the guy. I mean, last night there were. I mean, you had. It was not only on Twitter; it was on TV. I was on MSG. It was on a few other things. That her and this guy. I mean, it's a shame they took in a Brooklyn Nets game. Like you yeah. would hope it would be something better. But. Yeah, I mean that was right. I mean, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure that there were guards. That there was security there. You know, in the car, in the limo. I mean, there was somebody. There was somebody taking pictures, and they. You know, but apparently, according to the report, they're going out on a second date. Oh, so really? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Good for her. I saw the photos. I was like, I think she chose the game too, did she not? Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, so there you go. Maybe next time she takes him to a Raptors team, a Raptors game. Yeah. Brings him more. Where was he from again? I think, he's from, I think he's from Missouri or something like that. Yeah, he's not a Canadian, right? He, he's He's – He's definitely American. Yeah. Oh, is that a problem for you, Peter? Like, no, I think it's great. International relations. Plundering the natural resources of Canada. No, but, but no, I mean, and it was in New York, obviously in Brooklyn. Uh, And I mean, I don't know if this is true or not. I just heard this, that she flew him from Missouri to, to New York. So, I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously this is a good PR move for her. She's in sports illustrated swimsuit edition that came out this week, and you know, I'm I'm sure <laughs> I haven't seen the pictures, but I'm sure they they look very good. Um, but you know, this is this is a good move. But the, the surprising thing was they're going out on a second date. I'm like, okay, you know, this is this guy's, you know, this guy hit the lottery. I'll tell it gives you, the common man hope. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, or it does. Like Julia Roberts, my hope. It's 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 the Julia. It's like Julia Roberts' husband going out with the yeah. cameraman. Yeah, the camera guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think after I think she learned her lesson after Kiefer Sutherland, Benjamin Bratt, uh, Lyle Lyle Lovett. Yeah, Lyle Lovett. Yeah, Mike she, knows more. This might this might as well be TMZ. Mike knows way more about this than I do. Wow, I, Russ, you doubt my memory? I know. I know this. I know this stuff. It just it, it just collects in here. Anyway, let's let's start the show. You can help me write the rest of my hockey cards, then I won't have to look up things. <laughs> Great. When it when in when in doubt. Say that Alyssa Milano dated the hockey player. Uh, <laughs> I just got done with Borea Salming. Why would you do that? Come on. Well, it's either a baseball card or a hockey card. No, anyway. All uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, February 16th, 2017. I'm Pete Tessie from uh, Balmy Plus Temperature, Winnipeg. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Going to be 60 tomorrow. I'm Michael Lagello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. There were only a few games in the league, uh, playing in the league last night. Uh, We'll talk about that in a few moments, but we have to start with the suspension that came down 
late in the afternoon yesterday. Gustav Nyquist uh, was had well, he was offered the chance to have an in-person hearing for the spear to the face of uh, Jared Spurgeon of the Minnesota Wild, and the decision came down yesterday of a six-game suspension, um, which usually an in-person hearing is five or more. So they and he was a first-time offender, so he was given six. I thought he was going to get more, Russ. I thought he was going to get maybe eight to ten games because it was really a vicious uh, spear to the face. Yeah, I I thought more too, and I really do think that um, six is okay though. I I, I you got to start somewhere. This one doesn't bother me too too much in the sense that I think six is fair. You know. Yeah. There's so much about this that is problematic, and it's not really because that the penalty was wrong. It's that there's been so many other ones that are wrong in the past. So I think that's where the reaction's coming from. You know, on the hot on the hockey buzz hot so today, I wrote I laid out the number six in about twelve different languages. And I said in any language it's still it's still ridiculous. <laughs> And it is ridiculous because it's just a systematic failure of the Department of Player Safety to get anything right when they do something. But he didn't have any priors, right? I, you know what? That's the thing. That's well, where here's the problem. Player safety is not the criminal court. Right. We, like, no, the but criminal we, we've court got is this thing fake system. No, no, but we've we've got this fake system now where priors matter, and that's why I kind of knew it wasn't going to be more than this because of that. Well, yeah, okay. I, I agree, but you know what? If we do that, then you can go. If we use that idea of priors mattering, then let's do the three strikes you're out for for Rafi Torres. Like, yeah, I would have been you know fine I mean? with that. that yeah. That's my point, though, Russ. Is that there's that's so many point. points that we get wrong. Well, yes. okay, it's hard to accept this one being right because it just looks wrong, anyways. Okay, even right. if it is the right way based on priors, it just looks wrong. Russ, let me let me let me give you this this um, example. Say it's a player not Gustav Nyquist, but another player like him who has never had a major suspension. Mm-hmm. And he did what Chris Simon did to Brian Holwig, which was basically take a baseball swing and hit him across the mouth. Right. Do you think it's going to be, because it's a first-time offender, it's not going to be 25 games or something like that? It would stop at like 20, yeah. And see, that's the thing. It's, I, I mean, know, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying oh, you're, you're right. You're right. I but know. It, it's crap is what I'm saying. Well, it should... I, but here's the thinking. Okay, I, I totally get where you guys are coming from, and I'm coming from this place where I've gone up against this system and I sort of know what it's going to do. So like Alex Chason, right, last night, he spears Nick Cousins. But that was a friendly spear, right? That was just a spear between bros. That wasn't, <laughs> yeah. that, wasn't that hard of a spear, right? Yeah, no, it's just it was a love tap. It was right. such a love, yeah. Just right. I mean, he barely speared him, right? He he just took his stick and he barely got him in the midsection, right? It wasn't that bad, right? And, and Tom and Tom Lysiak, when he was tripping the linesman, it was just a joke. It was a practice. Right. It was like a Benny Hill routine, wasn't it? But unfortunately, there are people that believe that. And while Nick Cousins may have embellished his pain a little bit because he embellishes a lot, he still was caught off guard, and I guarantee you, it hurt. I don't care how. Innocent, it looks on camera. Once you spear somebody, you spear somebody. And and to me, you should get the top suspension for a spear. But again, the problem is if Chason's never been suspended before, which I don't think he has, 
he's limited as to what the system is actually going to give him unless the and i said it the other day and i'll say it again for the remet thing i would have asked gary bettman to do what he did with dennis wyman and say you're suspended indefinitely and then at some point let him off the hook i would do the same thing for chase on because whether you completed the job and really hurt him or you didn't the point is is that you did it and that means that was in your heart and now i've got to take you off the ice until you can prove to me you'll never do that again. That's the part that people forget. Everybody sort of looks at, well, did Cousins get hurt? Did he play the next shift? Who cares? Right. It, that doesn't matter. No, it, it, it well, yeah, I mean, this, this, the, thing, the thing is, is that if you look at the... It matters in the system, but in real life, it doesn't matter. It, right, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing that's infuri infuriating is the fact that Great, you can hit somebody. You you can slash somebody on the on the on the back of the, their leg, and you know slash their Achilles, and they come back in the third period, and everything is fine. That doesn't mean that the somebody slashing at the back of somebody's leg should the penalty shouldn't be as much. If there's a knee on knee hit, and the guy comes back, well, that's great, but still, it was a knee on knee hit. Right. Yeah. You know, so I that I I I don't, and I think Peter the the. The thing that happened in, in the last few weeks that didn't get penalized, that looks even worse now, is Marshand with the slew footing yeah, twice in a row. And I mean, okay, you can say slew footing isn't as bad as spearing. Well, if the guy, if the guy, if the guy rips his knee to shreds, it is. It is, absolutely. If he falls backwards and gets concussed, it is. Now I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a video out there on YouTube of Marshand. And it shows all the ways that he's come in and how he does this, where he basically comes in, nails a guy up top, and mm -hmm. at the same point, his foot's behind him under. Yeah, we, I mean, let's be real. Right. We didn't need a video to see that. We that would be like a video of Brian Marchman showing us how he need everybody on the Dallas Stars. Like we knew Marshawn does this all the time, but they do need to do something about it, whether he's a popular player or not. I think. The problem, the problem in this system exists in that if a player is not really injured, sometimes they don't get the right price for the crime, and yeah. and that's the problem. Do you want to deter these guys from doing it, or do you just want to slow them down? Like that's the the question that has to be asked. Well, exactly, and I think you have to look at it from all aspects of the game. Um, if if you want a game that is based around skilled players having the freedom to do things and you have a traditional old school hockey sense of mind that you have to have enforcement. You got to enforce it on the other side. If you're trying to get rid of the enforcement, if you're new school and your change is coming and you're not going to allow, or you, you teams are being discouraged, the new reality of the NHL is, you know, this diminishing enforcer rule, then you, the enforcement comes on the other side and they're not doing that. And that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about some of the games last night. Um, we'll, Russ, let's talk about the one you were watching. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay on the Flyers-Calgary one. I, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of praise being heaped on Brian Elliott, but really it was a dramatic failure of the Flyers. With that spear, the Flyers had a five-minute power play, of which two minutes of that turned out to be five on three, and they had three power plays on the night and didn't score once with the extra man. And they looked so disjointed on the power play it was embarrassing like i don't know what they practiced at the saddle dome today but because i think they had practice there today or whatever or if they didn't wherever they were practicing they need to practice the power play because now 
Guys aren't even sure what to do. Guys are losing their confidence. This defense-first system is not working. They've lost four out of five, and now guys who are offensively talented are, are rendered really you know harmless to other teams. Nick Cousins was the best guy on the team last night. I like Nick Cousins and think he's a good player, but when you have players like that on your team and Nick Cousins is your best player, you got a problem. Was this going down the, the same road as the whole problem with Gostaspear? Gost <laughs> I mean, we, we're assuming – Now it's team-wide now. Now it's – this is team-wide now. Now it's sort of like – because now when you interview guys, they mention being responsible where maybe before they didn't. And the minute that's in here, I'm telling you, I get that they're playing close games now and you have to play close games down the stretch, but their offense is inept. It has gotten to the point where it's awful. Like – I. I want to say they have nine goals in the last seven games. Like, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, they, they outshot Calgary, though. Really? Yeah, but I don't even care about shots. Shots on goal, to well, me, say, it, it, sometimes your goalie comes up big. Sure. Right? But you got to admit, when you have five minutes of power play, two minutes of five on three, and you don't get anything, Peter, you don't deserve to win. Well, I watch the Winnipeg Jets a lot, so that's a pretty common sight. <laughs> but I agree. I, I, I agree. And the Jets are a fine example of that. And I often see the Jets and Philly as kind of a similar team. A lot of really good individual talent and prospects, but being held back in some weird ways. And I'm wondering if they have the same similar pro problems where there are players who just aren't getting with the program or what the coaches are selling. Actually, I think the I don't think it's – go ahead, Mike. I so actually, I think the Flames and the Flyers are sort of mirror images of each other because both yeah. of them have unrestricted free agent goaltending, and I, I think yeah. everything is uh, – and, and their defense, I think, was supposed to be a lot better for both teams. And I mean, according to a lot of the rumors out there, the Flames are looking for defensive help before the deadline, which is puzzling because they have Hamilton, Brody, Giordano, Weidman. You wouldn't think that they would be looking for defense, but they're apparently looking for defense. I think – they're very similar, Calgary and the Flyers. I think Winnipeg's a little different in the sense that I think the Flyers even have better defense than Winnipeg, oh, although it's not I much do. better. I but, agree. But it's only slightly better. Now, they have a lot better coming. I think that's where the Flyers are in better shape. They're in this in-between stage. And in this in-between stage, you know, it, they're going to have hiccups as to trying to make the playoffs and continue to build for the future. But to me, they need to take the chains off of some of these guys offensively. That's I, I get you don't like you know maybe the coach didn't like some of these games that were five four or they gave up like two quick goals when they had a lead but when you open the game up you do open yourself up for that but when you close it down you almost never open yourself up for big comebacks I mean you know I have to I can't even think in my mind the last big Flyers comeback it's probably been a week to ten days ago. Uh, well, the game that I, the game that I watched uh, was sort of predictable because the Maple Leafs have really had problems in the second of back-to-back -back games, and you know it's a young club, so that's understandable. Although Mike Babcock will not use that as an excuse, he says we're in shape, so we shouldn't have any problems in the second of back-to-back -back games. But Columbus Blue Jackets really dominated the Leafs, uh, went up four nothing, ended up. 5-2 final. The main thing in this game was Mitch Marner getting hurt in the second period. He got put, uh, he collided with Boone Jenner and after the collision slid into the boards and it looked like he appeared like he hurt his left or right shoulder, right arm area. Can't tried to come back a couple times and, uh, then, uh, they he looked pretty weak when he came back, he couldn't push off on it. Yeah, and I mean, the thing was he bumped with Seth Jones uh, like the first or second shift he came back, and it 
looked like a, it looked like either an arm or a collarbone injury. And collarbone is really, you know, we know with Connor McDavid, you know, and we yeah. haven't heard anything, any term, any terms, any any kind of a diagnosis of what happened. Um, they shut him down in the third period. He didn't didn't come back, and Babcock was not really forthright in terms of, or didn't really know what was going on uh, in terms of the injury. I'm sure it's being looked at today, but I'm sure they at, know now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they know now, and it has, and nothing has been nothing has been revealed. But I mean, this is you know this is a big injury for the Leafs in one respect. I mean, Mar- you know, everybody says Matthews, 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 and he's been great. There's no doubt. But one of the reasons that Matthews I think has been as successful as he has, you have those second other lines that teams have to worry about. And the Marner, you know, Marner was driving that line with JVR and Bozak. Yeah. And if Marner's not there for a significant time period, that's that's going to hurt that line. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's just, it's a scary thing. I don't want to guesstimate because I really don't have a good feeling for it. I saw it. I, you know, I think when you're a smaller guy like this, these are things that are going to happen to you. And so – I don't think this will be the first time. It definitely won't be the last. And even though he had played every game this year, we're going to see a time where Mitch Marner misses games due to injury. Like, we all knew this would happen. We just don't know if it's happening from this one. I think that's where you'll, you know, the argument will be made for him to get stronger, put a little more weight on him so he can, you know, cushion himself a little better on things like that. Right. And then it's up to him how much he really wants to engage because he engages yeah. fully. And when you're 170 pounds and you engage fully, you know, that could happen. This is the learning curve that they all go on based on the games they play. Matthews is going to get rocked. Something's going to happen to him just like it happened to Line. You know what? Knifley had to learn a whole bunch of things. I mean, Gaudreau's learning it too, not just from an injury point, but just there's a different aspect to the game when guys start to get your read. And they learn how to play you. And Marner's going to be an elite NHL talent. He's going to get through this. And, luck, you know, sometimes the sooner this happens, it's yeah. better for the player. Yeah. And he'll bounce back. He'll learn from it. And it's, it's going to be okay. You just don't want anything bad to happen to him that prevents him from fulfilling a career. Now, the interesting th- thing that happened yesterday, and, of course, this sent everybody every, – every person who covers the Leafs or mm-hmm. is interested in the Leafs a buzz was that – Babcock benched James Van Riemsdyk for the most of the second period and I think early part of the third and then started playing him a regular shift. You know, it wasn't like he wasn't, I mean, maybe there wasn't a lot of effort there or I'm not sure, but it, 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 the team overall didn't play well. Maybe he just singled the guy out because he's a veteran. But, I mean, you know, he's having a good year. Yeah. I. He's never going to be that physical player that people hoped because he has that size. That is not his game. That is why the Flyers, you know, weren't thrilled with him. That's just not him. I don't think Babcock's looking necessarily for that, but I do think there's some sort of function there where he probably feels like if there's not a certain amount of engagement, that's not good. That's going to be tough for Van Riemsdyk to sort of overcome that, and maybe that will get him traded too. Well, and and that's and that's the thing, Peter, because I mean. I would say in the last month or so, the possibility of Van Re- Van Riemsdyk being traded went from I'd say a 50-50 proposition to maybe 90-10. Not not only because the Leafs, you know, are in the playoff race, but because maybe that's a type of deal that's more conducive to occurring mm-hmm. in the summer. You know, teams that have defensive depth may not want to trade that defensive depth before they go into the go into the playoffs, and that that. 
that adds up. That makes sense. But there really is not, other than Duchesne, other than Landeskog, there really is not an impact forward. Uh, you know, like you, can say, you can say Martin Hansel till you're blue in the face. Martin Hansel was not an impact forward at the trade deadline. I think JVR, I think a couple other guys like that, you know, maybe Patrick Sharp. Hey, uh, the hey, Patrick that. Sharp. Who, uh, you said back in the day, you said Butch Goring was not going to be an impact forward, and you were wrong. <laughs> no, when, I was, when I was 14 years old, I said that, Ross. That's right. No, but uh, but Butch Goring's hollowed ground up here in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> right. is, is, is his helmet, is it that bad helmet in the Winnipeg Hall of Fame? There are people with those helmets all over the place. They break them out on outdoor rinks. It's crazy. It's like people keep them in their closets just to show off. He's a good dude. I like Butch Corey. <laughs> Act, jump right in. Go ahead. What's going on, guys? What's going on? How are you guys doing? Sorry about my good. delay today. Lots going on. It's getting really busy here. I apologize. Um, well, we, we talked about the Flames and the Flyers. We talked about the Nyquist suspension, and we just finished talking up about the talking about the, the Leafs and Blue Jackets. So... We can talk okay. about Carter Hutton with his uh, with his second win in a row or second shutout in a row, I believe. Yes, he's on my fantasy team and driving it. He's on your fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I picked him up and I benched Carey Price like two weeks ago. Wow, it's that a brilliant like... move by a brilliant strategist. I don't think I think that's questionable, but yeah, it, it's not questionable for the last two weeks. And once now, based on what's happened, you you turned out to be a brilliant move. Yes. <laughs> Did I say Carey Price over um, Carter Hutton? Most I still of the time? have Carey Price. He's going back in. Don't worry. That's a trade Montreal makes any day of the week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, so um, <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about some rumors. Yeah. Got any? Let's get into some rumors. By the way. Um, hold on. Let me bring up my notes. Because I'm sorry. It's just been great. I just got off the phone with this. You'd be amazed at what's happening in the hockey world right now. So let me talk to you about it. That would be a good idea. Well, <laughs> Well, okay. Well, I'll I'll start I'll start with this. Yeah, because, a second while I bring these up. Okay, I'll I'll start with this while while you're looking that up. Uh, and there's something I something I've written about, and it's pretty common knowledge with what's going on with with the Leafs right now. And this was an option that they could put into action before the deadline. They did it last year, and they may do it again. The Maple Leafs have a, a, about 14 million. I think it's 13.55 million in contracts. With Stefan Robida, Joffrey Lupel, and Nathan Horton that have not been put on long-term injury and could be. And according, you know, Chris Johnston from Sportsnet just essentially, you know, said that this is an option that the Leafs very well could exercise because there are teams out there that are so tight against the cap that they, you know they may like a team like a team like Montreal and, and this is not anything i've heard i'm not a, you know i i don't have an inside source here i'm just telling you just looking at Montreal situation Montreal has David Deharnay who they've been trying to get rid of for months making three and a half million dollars he's a UFA the leafs with all this money could could put robada lupel horton on ltir Take DeHarnay off the Canadians' hands and say, "Okay, give me your, one of your second-round picks," and they could do it. And they—they're one of the few teams that have the financial wherewithal and the cap space to do it. I think because they did this last year with Brooks Lake, they did it with Rafi Torres from San Jose. They took money back. I think they can do that even if they're contending for a playoff spot. So I believe that's one thing the Leafs are going to do before March the first. 
I think that makes some sense. Um, yeah. I was chasing down a little bit of Duchesne stuff while we were off um, in the beginning there. So I wanted to get to that one. Some of my notes and think it's taking a while to figure out what I can say and what I can't say. So we're where I am right now. Um, you know, Duchesne has been rumored everywhere, basically. You know, of course, yeah. um, Montreal, Buffalo. They're playing Buffalo tonight, so that's that's going on right now. So you can you can see their Buffalo rumors are going to be picking up. Is tomorrow night or? Uh, no, no. I mean, Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa, Carolina, the yeah. Islanders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of places they could go, and uh, and the and then the weird one of Pittsburgh. You know, like which is like strange to me. Like that that's comes out of nowhere. Sort of, um, we think to. That you know, how can Pitts, Pittsburgh has said many times that they just have no cap space at all. So how can you bring in Matt Duchesne? Obviously, you'd have to get rid of something. Um, and with Buffalo, one source I talked to today brought up something really interesting that he believes Oli Mata could be going in that deal. Um, that there's word there's word that you know, Mata is um, he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit in Pittsburgh um, on the fifth and fifth and sixth pairing right now. Um, you know, does do pretty well, but if you're, you're going to have to move cap space, there's there's a cap player there who makes who makes a little bit of money. Um, you're going to have to if you're going to go for Matt Duchesne, Olimata. Someone brought that up today. I thought it was an interesting name to bring up. Boy, I don't know. I if I'm Pittsburgh, I think I can win the cup without Matt Duchesne. Like, why would I even trade an asset like Mata? Even if I even if he's not having the greatest year this year, right? Defensemen like goalies go up and down. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. You go look at the New York Rangers and, and go see what fans have said about different players in different years, and a lot of time it's it's defensemen. I boy, I wouldn't move Olimata. I don't care if I'm getting Matt Duchesne. I just they they're just not that deep defensively, and yeah. at some point it will affect them. I just I don't know. I like they I had David Morsoff. Well, I did, I did, and I, I talked about you know Rutherford being one of those guys who likes to have a lot of depth and defense going into the playoffs, and that's something that yeah. you would have to assume that another defenseman would be coming Pittsburgh's way somehow. If well, they maybe were, they would pick up Ron Hainsey or someone like that. I mean, Rutherford's yeah. familiar with Hainsey. He was, you know, he played in Carolina. Right. I but, mean, what, 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 might be, what might be at work here is the fact that Justin Schultz is an RFA at the end of this year, and, you know, he's putting up decent offensive numbers. Mata is not a big offensive defenseman. He's a very good defenseman, but he, he's only got seven points this year in 53 games. So and they're and and they just signed him long term. He's under contract for I think another five years at a little over four million. That's yeah, not a lineup around the block for him. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's not a, that's not a Colorado. Yeah, well, I mean Colorado. I mean Colorado in every rumored deal is asking for an NHL defenseman, a young NHL defenseman in exchange for for Duchesne. So you know, like if it's Ottawa, the rumor was Cody Cece. If it's Buffalo, it's I mean probably Jake McCabe. If it's you know with Pittsburgh, it's got to be Mata because Derek Pouliot is a bust. So I mean you know, and, and if it's you know Carolina has got so many young defensemen, pick 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 which one you want. But yeah, main the main name in Carolina seems to be Hannafin, right? That seems to be the okay. The, dream, the impossible dream. It's no not happening. way. If that Ron Francis does that, he should be fired on the spot. I mean that's 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 it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean it's it's. It, I mean I don't know. I think that you could make. I'm gonna not. Totally I won't say that they have defensive depth yeah. there in the minors, but they I don't, don't have anything like Matt Duchesne in in Carolina. You know, like that's something that. Okay. All right. So let's break this down. And I'm a big Matt Duchesne guy. Yes. How much better is Matt Duchesne than Jeff Skinner? I think he's considerably better than Jeff Skinner. Considerably, I think he's partially better. I, I think, think Jeff Skinner one. gets a lot better with Matt Duchesne centering him. 
Right. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Right. Like that's the real issue. Yeah. That's the challenge, right? Like with this focus on youth and everyone wanting a younger guy or a guy with some term and stuff, you inevitably come back to you got to you. Here's the player I want to trade, but I'm taking the player that the part trading partner wants to put with the player they're trading for. That's how this always works, right? And eventually the GMs figure it out, and it won't be Matt Duchesne for Jeff Skinner, but because you need one for the other. And, and it'll go, that's the way it goes until someone blinks and they figure out a different level of deal and they throw someone else in. I think the one thing that could be really interesting this year, if GMs kind of go that way, is with it not being such a, like, such a noted deep draft, with not the high level of names coming out into this year, I'm curious how often some first-round picks get tossed around. Dealing I, I, with, see, I, I don't think they're going to be tossed around as much as you think, Peter. And yeah, I think, I, I'm curious. I don't know. And that's yeah, why I start asked the question. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be tossed around that much. I think a couple of teams might get tempted. But years ago, I mean, we would see five or six teams mm-hmm. trade first-round picks and wouldn't even blink an eye. Now you see one or two. Yeah, but I, I think I think there, like, like I said, I think I think there could be something to that with teams that are contending teams. I wouldn't doubt that Washington or Minnesota, I mean Chicago won't because the draft is there. But those te- you know, the the Rangers, those teams, Pittsburgh, those teams will end up tr- maybe trading their first round pick as an asset to get that last piece that they think that they need. I don't think Chicago having the draft has anything to do with whether or not they're going to move the first pick. By the way, well, they—I mean, that's—I mean, that's been reported. Act. I mean, I, I you know, yeah, but I, 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 I don't buy. It. I don't. I don't buy it just because of the fact. I mean, it's for Chicago. It's going to be what the twenty-seventh pick overall in the first round or whatever it's going to be. If they have an opportunity to trade their twenty-eighteen first instead of their twenty-seventeen first, I think they'll do that. But I'm just saying, I, you know. I mean, Maybe you're right. I mean, Lou Lamorello traded the first pick in New Jersey when the draft was there. But more than likely, these te- you know these teams like to have a first round pick. And Chicago would either have to trade up into the first round to have a first round pick or keep their own. So. Just as an example, I looked it up. I asked Google when the last time the Caps traded a first round pick, and it looks like McPhee did it in 2011 for the rights for Troy Brower. How did that work out? <laughs> Brower's been on how many teams since? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a good player, but you know, still. No, no, he's like, a good player, but it's not worth trading a first-round pick for. If you think well, that, many times first-round picks are traded for, you know, in, in th- th- that's your desperate ma- race move. Yeah. You know, that's that's your move. Okay, you know, that's great. It's like maxing your credit cards there. You know. What the heck was that? <laughs> that was the same website that gave me that information. Felt like they needed to break into song. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's they to play uh, a song from Crocus. <laughs> was that screaming in the night? Oh my goodness. Before we get, back and make before we get out of here, making some calls again. Um, I want to talk about Aginla briefly too, because I have had discussions with people about Aginla. Um, uh, Pierre LeBron came out and said uh, said the LA Kings could have interest in Aginla, and. Um, if there's one person I trust the LA Kings, it's Pierre LeBron. Like Pierre LeBron and, and the Kings are very tied at the hip. Uh-huh. They, this, this is one place where LeBron very rarely reports Kings rumors, um, but when he does, they're almost always dead on. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he and Lombardi are very close. So this is something that I, you know, I, I would take some serious stock in this. And and as you as you said in your blog, Eck, I mean Daryl Sutter, yeah, Genma, Calgary, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, Colorado would have to retain a lot of the salary because the the Kings are up against it. 
And right. they, that's not hard for Colorado to do. And, right. And, but they've, and, they've already done it once. They've already done it for, for Cody McLeod. So they can only do it for <laughs> four players. Right, right, right. And they the could deal actually. Deal expires this year, right? Um, yes. So yes. It's, it's just short-term thing. That's kind of a wash. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so it's really not that hard to um, now. You can only do it for how many players? Two altogether? Three? Three, three, and they've already done it for McLeod. So, I mean, the thing is, if they if they do it for a deal like this, yeah, you know, if they have to if they have to do it to make a deal for a Duchesne or a Landeskog, or not to not to retain salary on them, but if there's a, like another component in the deal that they would have to retain salary for, that that could complicate things. So, yeah. I think you're okay because I don't think you're going to do it with either of those guys. And I think that um, you still have one more after this. I, I don't know. Their cap space isn't that much of an issue for them. So I just, you know, I just, I look at it and I say, you know, Adrian Kempe is not having the best year, but he's got 11 goals. I guess he'll be one of those players. The Kings just traded a defenseman. So I, I think Kevin Gravel will get more time with them. But they can't trade a defenseman, really. And if that's what they're looking for for a Ginla, I don't see why why the Kings would do that because they're not that deep on defense. They might, they might have just enough. I think, I think the defensive component is limited to those big deals for Duchesne and, and Landis Scott for, for, for a Ginla, yeah. for a Ginla, he's waving his no move. It's not going to take much to get the Ginla. Yeah. You're probably talking. Right, so if Adrian Kempe does it. They might do it for Adrian Kempe. I, I don't even think it would cost them that Russ. I think it'll yeah, cost. I think, them. I think you're looking like a fifth round pick or somewhere a third, in third or fourth of just something like that. something very insignificant I mean, this is really more about a give ginla just like giving him a chance to play somewhere where he can possibly win you know um now sutter loves 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 western canadian kids like this is like that yeah. that's something that we've heard many times over the kings are built of western canadians um that's his deal that's that's what it's always been about um, but yeah. i'm just yeah. surprised that ginla's value is that low i mean you well, know when you get him oh. he's going to be a contributor you know what? He's what? He's he's forty twelve. Like he's the how old is he? Yeah. Like, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it yeah, it does matter. No, other than Pittsburgh, he's always effective. Yeah, but this is see, this he's not effective right now. Yeah, he hasn't really effective. What, what all of a sudden magically becomes effective? Well, like, just, all right, you was the kind of player you, you can do, Peter. He brings in the you bring him into the room. You help shore up, be that guy. He's going to have limited minutes. Maybe he gets a little bit hot on a game or two. He's there to bring experience. If you were bringing a in for any other reason than that, you're missing the point. He's the this is very much Mark Recchi in Boston to me. This is that's no, well, no, I was I was going to say he's the 20, 2017 version of Vinny Lacavier going going there. He's going to you know he'll finish out his career there. He'll you know get spot time in the power play. Maybe he'll play ten minutes a night. It's not going to be a major footprint, but it, it'll be the fact that you have a future Hall of Famer on your roster. What, what's interesting here is the you know the AARP segment of the trade deadline with Aginla and Shane Doan. These teams are not going to get a ton for these guys because they're declining assets. Shane Doan like Doan is not going to go anywhere. It's starting to look like Doan has decided that he's just going to stay there. Um, I mean, here's here's the funny thing. With Pittsburgh and Boston, even though we say Aginla didn't play like Aginla, he still had 12 points for Pittsburgh and seven points for Boston, which is more than I thought. I think he, I think he can get more than a fifth. Round. Playoff numbers, like though, I don't, I don't think they've been all that great, have they? They're good. They're not great. They're um, 30 with 68 points in 81 games. That's good, but it's not great. But recently, like uh, no, recently, I'm giving it to you. Twelve points in fifteen games for Pittsburgh. Okay, seven, those, those are pretty good numbers. Those are better seven than seven points in twelve games for Boston are pretty good numbers. Yeah, those, that's better than I thought they'd be. Um, yeah, me too. I thought they were 
surprisingly. The good. More, maybe the more intriguing name um, with the Ginla, which is which was brought up by LeBron as well, and excuse me, please, brought up by somebody else I talked to the other day, is Edmonton. Now, um, I believe Ginla is from Edmonton, right? I'll check. I think I think you're right. From that area. Um, but what we always think, of course, think of again of the other half of the Battle of Alberta, right? Like, you know, the yes. Gidlin, So it, 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 it seems sacrilegious for him to play for Edmonton in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Yeah. Born in Edmonton. Yeah, okay. So from Calgary Flames fans, um, that's, that's, that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. But of all, the, of all the moves Edmonton could make, this is the one I would make. Because... This is you are bringing in exactly the kind of player you want to bring into that locker room, right? Um, this is exactly the, the a guy who loves the loves the city of Edmonton. He lo he's from there. He, he gets the whole thing. He is the consummate pro. He completely works all the time. And as I wrote about today in my in my blog, you know, I've still talked to people. Chris Mason's one of them, who is a former the former goalie for the Predators, right? Who who talks about you know, and he's right now he's a, he's on the, he's a color guy on their radio, I think, um, or TV. He works with Pete Weber on radio. Um, he'll he'll talk to you about the fact that you know when Forsberg came into Nashville, which was remember was only for is that a trade deadline deal, which mm -hmm. uh, you know a couple of days before the deadline and happened, um, and then the Predators went to the playoffs and got you know they were they were one of the best teams in the league at that time, but then got got beaten in the playoffs. But they will tell you the players on that team will tell you that just even having Forsberg around the team for a couple months like that did enormous things for the young players. Shea Weber will talk talk about it. Just, just to see, sure, see how it. those guys work, and you know, these are legendary players. I mean, we talk about Yager all the time. What Yager brings, you know, Ginla's in the same boat. These are these are work ethic guys, and that what they can teach. And when you look at the group of players they have up in Edmonton, to me, it's a no brainer. If you can do this, you can get him. You can get him in there for a time being. If he helps you win the playoffs, that's fine. If he doesn't, have you know to what? for Edmonton, if I'm the GM, all I want are picks. I don't even want any prospects from them. Yeah. Right. Right. No, you just, that's it. That's all you No, get. I mean, because I, they just, to me, there's not one that I think is a great fit for them. I would just take, you know, a pick. Yeah, and I think that's all it'll take. But I yeah. think, you know, the value of a Ginla could be higher in Edmonton than it is in L.A. because L.A. has more experienced players. Um, Sutter might want him more than Edmonton. So I'm not saying there's a bidding war here, but. He's well, he has he has a no move clause, so he can control where he wants to go. Right, I think those are two cities where he would go. You know, like I think he would go to L.A. and he would think he would. Yeah, go. I think so. I think he'd go he's to Edmonton. Recent winner, haven't been in the postseason in ten seasons. That's a pretty easy conversation. And yeah. really, there's no way Edmonton should be spending anything over a fifth to get him because yeah. that's not. If you make the playoffs, congratulations, Edmonton. You're long overdue. But right. this isn't the droid you're looking for to, to make all of a sudden have you have the magic 2006 or whatever. No, that's true. I mean, right. Well, I, right. And, and, but, Peter, they, they're clearly looking for a veteran forward because there's been reporting that uh, the, they're in if Tampa is trading Brian Boyle, they're in on Brian Boyle. And, I mean, yeah. I, it makes a little bit of sense because, you know, Boyle and Pouliot played with the Rangers. A good That would be a good – Yeah, I think, that, but, I think that's a but, bad idea for Edmonton. I really well, don't wait think – Wait a second. Boyle didn't Edmonton sign a veteran forward who's won a cup? <laughs> yes. What like what does that say? Like and if they're making any deal, they can make it for next year for defense. I mean, but go at it, Shirelli. You, you have fun with that. Like I don't think they should get Brian Boyle. I don't think he's a good fit there. I think yeah. you know, he plays like Lucic Light. 
and it would slow them down too much. I get that he and Pouliot look good on the Rangers. They look good on a fourth line with a team that had a great goalie, with a team that was really in, in motion. That that was Pouliot was great on that team, not because of Boyle, but because of the matchups he wasn't facing on the fourth line. He hasn't done much since. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. Um, the other word, the other news today that we're kind of rumored flying around is this idea of Evander King going to Montreal. And that, <laughs> no, no, we're not, we're not laughing at the rumor. We're laughing at, no, know. we're not laughing at the rumor. I'm no, I mean, this is something that's very, I, I have heard for a long time now. Okay. That Montreal has been scouting, has been scouting the, 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 the Sabres looking at Evander Kane. But I also did hear for a hundred percent fact, you know, that, that Terry and really had nothing to do with this, that this was something that Terry went now. That was the you know that's what I heard before. Whether or not this changes, I can't imagine it changes too much. But you know it's it's noteworthy that the reason that this was absolutely not going to happen before was Mike Michelle Terrian. Now you're looking at a, a Julian, and maybe does 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 Julian feel like he can somehow be the savior that brings this Evander Kane? Who's uh, I, 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 I want to get Peter's unique perspective on Andrew Kane, but let let me just say this from the Buffalo Buffalo perspective. There's been a lot of talk in the last week and a half to two weeks about since Kane has been hot. Yeah. He scored a couple goals against Toronto on the weekend. He's close to 20 goals. He's played really well. You know, the, the value on him is rising. And maybe from a Montreal perspective, getting him with only a year left in his contract as opposed to Duchesne for two years, the price is probably a lot cheaper. That being said, Peter. <laughs> there's, it's not, like every organization need. it doesn't matter if you're a sports organization, you, you sell widgets, whatever you do, you need a bad idea guy. <laughs> and, and just say, well, that's idea. a bad idea. But you don't realize, Peter. This, this is a bad idea. Whenever somebody on the Andrew Kane is not really funny. I write it on my desk, and I have written a. I have two of Peter Tessier quotes on my desk, desk yeah. right now. Um, one is "bad idea guy" that's circled right here from before, which I love, and then the other is "hope is never a plan," which I have written underneath here hope too. Hope is never a plan. So hoping <laughs> <laughs> that you can turn a Vander Kane out of being a Vander Kane is a really hard thing, and, and, and that's not a plan. But here's the thing with Kane. <laughs> Kane is an amazing talent. I love Evander Kane on the ice. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, that guy has some mad skill, and when he puts it together, he can be a dominant power forward. And guess what? If he stayed healthy, he's on pace for 30 goals this year. I, you know, it's they don't grow on trees anymore. The problem okay, with you have to deal with all the other stuff and, and the problem with the Vander Kane is you deal with all the other stuff and here's the thing if they didn't believe Julianne could deal with all the other stuff with Sagan or all the other stuff or attitude with Hamilton why is Bergevin gonna go and make that gamble with the same <laughs> kind of issue with Kane I don't think I, mean, I, I don't think it's gonna happen I think they're just toying with the idea yeah, and, I mean, and, and you know what? Good, but then walk away from it. The second, <laughs> the worst, the worst placement for Evander Kane anywhere in the NHL next year would be Vegas. 
a close second would be Montreal. This yep. guy left Buffalo to go to the NBA All-Star game because Buffalo was too boring and then couldn't get back in time to, for practice. So what's going to happen with all the distractions that happen in Montreal? It's going to you know, it's going to be it, How old is Vander Kane now? 27, I think. Yeah. 25. Let me check. Age doesn't even matter. Like 21 in 2012, so he's turning 27. He's turning 26 this fall. So he's 25. It's all up here. He's got ability, but I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, age doesn't matter a little bit. Like I've we've seen people like at 26. You know, like I mean, you know, 26. You should have seen the partying I was doing at 26. I mean, it's like you know, I was I was probably going to folk festivals and stuff. Yeah, but you didn't have millions of dollars at stake either. True. Um. I had I had tens of dollars in when I was twenty six. Yes. So um Heck, if you had if you had five and a quarter million dollars like Evander Kane did and you decided, okay, I'm gonna go to the NBA All Star game, how about spending five hundred bucks on a Uber or on a taxi to take <laughs> you back so you're there for practice the next morning? Anything other than that, it's a bad freaking idea. And that's the problem. <laughs> There's not something in his <laughs> that tells him don't do this. And in, in Montreal, there will be so many distractions. I mean, I'm not saying that this, there's no truth to this because on, a, on, on the ice, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's the kind of player they need. That's the kind of player they need. But honestly, spend the extra assets and get Matt Duchesne. You're not going to have the problem. Right, I'm going to throw something out there that, that's really um, – I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make a case here. This is going to be difficult, but I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to take the other side of this, okay? So, all right. And I'm not saying what I what – I, Completely agree with everything you guys have said, but I'm going to try my best here because I talked to people about this who explained to me from their perspective as to what, why this could happen. All right, so, all right, um, nah, forget it. I can't do it. <laughs> wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to no, do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, here we go. All right, Alexei Kovalev. Okay, remember Alexei Kovalev. Let's start there. All okay. right. Alexei Kovalev was a ranger. Um, Called by Wayne Gretzky, right? One of the most talented player he'd ever seen, or something like that. Some ridiculous yeah. quote that cursed Alexei Kovalev for the rest of his career. Um, Alexei Kovalev did have all kinds of crazy talent, um, but you know, was sort of run out of New York on a rail um, because he was so, so. I think they just got frustrated with him, which really is really frustrated with him, right? And he was, and he was, he was not, he was aloof, but he, I mean, he wasn't danger. He wasn't going out and partying aloof. He was just aloof. No, no, he was not partying. He goes to Montreal, who um, adored him. All right, and, and in Montreal, I mean, to the point where they held a parade to try to keep them from letting them go at the end. Remember this whole thing. So, to, and, and so then now fast forward through to um, Alexei, you know, to to um, Radulov, Mr. Radulov. Okay, so right. Radulov comes into town, another player who was run out of town in 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 Nashville because yeah. he had all kinds of issues. Right, comes to Montreal, and again they adore him in Montreal. Right. They, they they like. Their characters in Montreal. They like they like people with. They don't like their players to be plain and bland. PK Subban loved in Montreal. But those guys have a good work ethic. Evander Kane does not have. Even Kovalev had an amazing work ethic. Evander and Radulov, I would not say has a good work ethic. I think he has a better work ethic than Kane. I'll I'll tell you that. I don't but, know. I mean, I just from talking to people who were around the Predators situation with him. At least, maybe he's changed. I think there he's changed. I think he had to go away and come back again to yeah. change from that. Where's Evander came from? Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver. Right. And they okay. don't want. Nobody wants to send him there because they're afraid. Right. So oh, yeah. no, I, I know on good authority they refer to him as a bad seed. <laughs> Is it possible? Okay. 
that so many wrongs could make a right in Montreal. That this could be the situation where they no. just this is like this is like a guy who for whatever reason is is eccentric enough, and they just find that all they find his act just um, interesting enough to talk about all day long and charming enough. To okay, other than the other than the late night bar play of Alex Radulov uh, in Arizona. Um, there were never any off the ice problems with him. I don't think that's true. Okay, but that, that's the one that was most publicized. Well, that's the one that, that's the okay of what we know. That's the only incident that we've heard of. Right. There was okay. never anything with PK Subban. There was never anything with Alexei Kovalev. There was stuff with PK Subban too, and there was stuff with there was stuff with Alexei Kovalev. I mean, PK, but PK especially, there was stuff there. But not, but not to not not to the extent of what happened. What has happened with Evander Kane in Winnipeg, with the with the locker room problems, with the the tracksuit, and then all of the two separate in, instances in Buffalo. So and I mean, one in Vancouver too. Okay, one, yeah. So I mean, we're you know we're talking about a guy with questionable character issues. You know, I, here, here's what I would say about that. The Mets in '86 had a bunch of good guys and a bunch of bad guys. But the only difference was on the good guy side was a guy like Gary Carter who had all this experience winning and knew how to keep these guys who get in trouble in line. And one of the good guy, bad guys was Keith Hernandez, just because Keith liked to party a little bit, but also knew what it took to win and did everything he needed and took and kept everybody else in line. Who in Montreal is going to do that? Yeah, Weber. Weber. That's it. He's the only one. There's not enough of them. I mean, Brian Gianta, too. I mean, no, no. all right. There's not enough voices like that, like Mark Messier voices that basically read you the riot act when you get there and say, do not fall out of line or else. I don't think they have enough of those guys. Yeah, you've got too many. And see, the thing is, you've got a ship of rats there. You've got too many Andrew Shaw's and Brendan Gallagher's and Alexi Emelins that, that act that. Now, maybe they don't, they don't act that way in the no, locker room. I, I think, actually, I'll be fair to. Um, Gallagher, I think he's a good locker room guy. Oh no, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying on the on the ice, you know, yes. very good locker room guys. But I'm talking about the you know what they do on the ice, and the, and you know, there's also some impulse control problems with Evander Kane on the ice. He does tend to take stupid yeah. penalties and get pretty get in yeah. trouble. So I mean, this is a team that has aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup. If you're going to try to win a Stanley Cup, get somebody who will not cost you games. Evander Kane may may score goals, but I think he'll end up costing you games as well. On that note, Mike, you used the term ship of rats and then followed it up with cost games. Cost you games. There is also a, a rumor that Montreal might be interested in Alex Burroughs. Now, Burroughs I could see. Yeah. Because Burroughs really doesn't have any issues off ice, or at least not to the Kane degree. Burroughs does probably fit well with what they want to do. I, I would risk more on Burroughs than I would on Kane, even though he has less goal-scoring ability. And the, and the cost would be significantly less. Significantly less, yes. The UFA, you know, if, if Vancouver decides they're, not go, they're going to, you know, I mean, they may not move Ryan Miller because that game you said, and you're, and you're right, yeah. and maybe somebody they want to keep going forward, so I trade. Tim Murray's going to have to get a good return for Kane or it's not going to look good. Now, the, the, the only thing, the, the one credible thing 
about, you know, the thing that makes the most sense about this Buffalo Montreal is the fact that Montreal has what Buffalo is looking for. Buffalo is looking for defense and right. Montreal has Juleson and, and they're not going to trade Sergachev, but they have Juleson. They got Sergachev. They got, uh, Bolu, they I mean they have young defense that the leaf that the sorry that the uh, Sabers might be interested in. So that could conceivably work. That'll get them talking. There's no doubt. But I I have a feeling anybody who trades for Kane is going to contrade. Like if it's pick wise, it's going to be on a conditional basis. Yeah, it would have to have some kind of condition to it for sure. That would that I was told too. And it, and it is going to be not. I mean, it is not expensive. I mean, there's a possibility, and he is a 20 goal scorer, which is yeah. Which is something right now in this NHL. No, I mean we're we're not see we're not. I don't think any any of us are doubting his potential. And Montreal takes the this is this is a this is the kind of move that Bergevin. I could see Bergevin doing. It, it just it feels as if like he is not a, he is a bit of a gambler, you know. Um, Here here's a funny thing. I'm going to give you a quiz, and and this is kind of surprising to me, but it's not, but it is. So how many playoff games has Evander Kane played in? None. Zero. Right, yeah. He was he hurt when they when the Thrashers went? He was, yeah. right? So yeah. he's never played in a playoff game in the NHL. <laughs> he wasn't even drafted when the Thrashers made it. Oh, that's either. right. Was that one year they wasn't there yet? Yeah. And then he got traded. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. He wasn't even drafted yet. But I'm just saying, I mean that's 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 risky. It's risky, and you know, and no question. But I think that, but you know, I, if you had told me that they would have gone after Radulov, I would have been surprised as well. You know, like, but, but you know, you know, what this is, I mean, what I think this is, is the fact that the price being requested for a guy like Duchesne is prohibitive. They right. don't want to pay. They don't want to pay it, so they're looking for options. And you know, Kane is a plan. Kane is a plan B. You know, you've mentioned Sharp before, Eck. Yeah. Sharp is a plan B. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, th this is this is where this is where Bergevin has got to stop. You're either you're a cont you're contending for the Stanley Cup or you're not. And if you are, go out and make the damn deal. That you yeah, see, I, I I think they did make the deal. They got Claude Julian. I think they're going to go very light in the trading. That's what well, I they, think. Well, Russ, if they and you may be very well right. And if they if you are, then Bergevin's neck is on the chopping block. I don't yeah, care. But you know what? But but the funny thing is, is that again, what is he really going to get at the not at the expense of killing the little bit of you know players that he has in the pipeline. They don't have a huge pipeline, but they have some players now, which they didn't have before. What are you going to get that's going to really get you to the Stanley Cup and not leave you void when it comes to the cupboard? That's, you know, that's – I don't think he's – I'll just say this. Martin Hansel is not the final piece. Right, right. Martin, I agree. Martin Hansel is not the Butch Goring of the of – No, I don't think there's a Butch Goring out there. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there's going to be – like even – Again, after watching the Blues last night, I'm more convinced than ever that, you know, we're going to be three hours into trade deadline day and still talking about Shattenkirk. <laughs> yeah. No, we are. We are. We are. I mean, I've got some interesting, interesting, interesting trade deadline. By the way, our trade deadline show will go on as well as, as it usually does, but I might have some interesting guests coming on um, okay. that I'm dealing with today, some people. That would be kind of fun to talk about. Um, like Kermit right. the Frog? I heard Kermit the Frog. That was a rumor. We have him over there. Yeah, he's definitely here. Um, okay. we, we, 
just like just like uh, James Dolan has banned Rest the chicken. Rest the chicken might return. I just oh. I was just saying just as just as James Dolan has banned Charles Oakley from MSG. Now the ban was lifted, Mike. We have we have banned Rust the Chicken. Oh man, you better not say that. Rust the Chicken is right over there. I can see him. You don't want to do that. Ban. You don't want to do that. Um, so someone brought this up to me today. I got this sent, but you know, um, do you guys know who Taylor Kitsch is? Yes. No. Lady okay. Gaga's boyfriend. Is he Lady Gaga's boyfriend? I didn't realize that. Yeah. All right. I remember him as Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights, um, the television show. Okay. All right. So he was, you remember that? You, this is him right here. I'll show you a picture. Okay. So here we go. Um, and there's a reason to this. So, all right. Believe it or not. So this I've is, never this the is show. Tim Riggins. Okay. Taylor Kitsch. I know who the kid is. Okay. Right. Right. He's like, and the way he talks in, in Friday Night Lights, he's like, you know, he's like the stoner type guy. He's, um, yeah. you know, drunk all the time. So like that. He looks and talks strikingly similar to who in the NHL? Well, he's from Kelowna. So yeah, he's from the weird thing is he's a Canadian playing American in Texas. This next right. is an American who plays hockey in the NHL. So um and, and I, I saw I saw this guy interviewed the other night after his after the incredible performance that he did, and it was on um I think it was on NHL Network. You probably would have seen it if you watched like uh, NHL on the flyer or um or maybe even that's hockey up in Canada. Yeah. Um but he Dude, looks this is my like, pet peeve, though. Canadians need to stop coming into this country and playing Americans. They do too good of a job, and we don't even know you're Canadian. I wouldn't even have known this guy was Canadian. It bothers there me. There ought to be a wall. We've there got a wall, Russ. If there was a wall separating us from Canada, we'd have everything to be fine. You can't be from Kelowna because he's not wearing a puka shell necklace. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, talk, I talked to somebody about the wall in Canada, and the funniest line I've heard all year about like the Trump and the wall and everything about Canada is like someone, some Canadian says, I live near the border, and I'd welcome that wall for some insulation up here. It'd be a lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. So who does he look uh, like, actually? <laughs> all right. He looks like and talks like John Gibson of the Anaheim Oh, Dark. really? Which is weird because John Gibson's an American. Right. That's what I'm saying. An American playing hockey in the NHL is striking. I mean, when you see him interviewed, the other night he was interviewed after that, John Gibson played an unbelievable game the other night, you know, um, got the wait, shot. Wait, wait, can you say that again? Because I know you haven't been the biggest John Gibson fan. I know, I'm not the biggest, but Taylor Kish played, looks like John Gibson, who played an unbelievable game the yeah. other night um, in a, in a shutout. Really impressive, right? So um, I forget who he was he shut out, but it was a couple nights ago. Yeah, I can't remember who it was either, but it was. Uh, anyway, that's just something someone brought to me. And now, if if you ever see him interviewed, you'll be strike. You'll be you'll be if you are a Friday Night Lights fan, which actually right now we are going back and watching Friday Night Lights. So that's why I bring this up. He's from Pittsburgh. The other guy's from Kelowna. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So just something, just something to throw out there. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, they both have good hair. You got to give them that. They do. I had that hair for a long time. That same hair. Um, I don't know how to stop screen sharing him right now, actually. Believe it or not, I might be stuck on this. So I might have to. I may have to go actually, out. This like is that. an upgrade to looking at you. Thank you. There you go. He's back. Let's see if I can do that hair thing. Hold on a second. Um, no, I used to be able to. I used to, hair used to be nice yeah. and long. Yeah, no. Uh, they both look like they belonged on an episode of Letter Kenny. I don't know if you guys know what that is. No, I, I do, I do, because I have a Canadian satellite dish. I do know it. Like, I've heard of Letter Kenny. I've never I'll give a shout out to Canada. Schitt's Creek is very good. I've started watching it. It is okay. really good. My Find favorite Letter Kenny. Okay. My favorite Canadian show of all time is Still Corner Gas, which I love. I will um, say this: a lot of Canadian shows I've tried to watch, and they aren't very good. Schitt's Creek is better than most shows on television, no matter what country they're from. 
my favorite Canadian show is Hockey Night in Canada. Oh, you just Peter, my, my trailer you look, look like you weren't a corner gas person, Peter. No, I was never a corner gas. Even though I live on the prairies, that kind of came out when I moved out here. I was right. always, I, I always found the uh, the East Coast guys like the 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 show um, what's we called? Uh, uh, trailer Park Boys. That's very funny. And then being from the West Coast, uh, the Beach Filmers. Oh God. Right. Yeah, SCTV yeah. is a close second. So, anyway. oh, SCTV. SCTV was great, and that's yeah. where obviously Shit's Creek has a few of those people, right? Yeah. Is it really? I've yeah. not. I haven't done that yet. I should watch that. Actually, it's got Eugene Levy and half his family are in it. It's great. Yeah. Well, okay. Actually, three quarters of his family, just his wife's not in it. I'll check that one out for sure. All right, guys, we'll be back again tomorrow. Now, tomorrow, um, the show will be at three o'clock again. Um, tomorrow, I have a. I'll be doing this show from uh, Jack Frost. <laughs> Okay. Um, tomorrow is a family family reunion. You're gonna have a big leg cast. Yeah, family reunion. <laughs> press, but um, hopefully, I will, hopefully I won't be injured. But I will have uh, I have it all set up, so I'll be fine to do the show at three o'clock tomorrow. Um, and I'll of course be updating rumors because you know family family comes second this time of year. So I'll be putting all kinds of things <laughs> on the uh, on the website as well. Are you gonna be at the fireplace in front of the fireplace? I was hoping to find a good place in front of the fireplace, but in all likelihood, I'll be in my car. <laughs> Cast will be on fire, Russ. Because I'll have to find a quiet place, right? So, you know, like I can see myself in the car. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey, folks. Have a good night, and we will talk to you tomorrow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.